Hi everyone, it's Harmon. Welcome to another episode of Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. This week we're diving into part two of our history of SCTV. That's right, SCTV, the iconic comedy TV show that brought you the likes of Martin Short, Eugene Levy, John Candy, Catherine O'Hara, and oh, Rick Moranis, and, and other huge names in, in comedy. Remember Strange Brew, that movie with Rick Moranis? Yeah, that came out of SCTV. Before we dive into part two, a few plugs. January 11th through 26th, I will be in San Francisco performing at SF Sketchfest. I'll be doing 12 performances of my show, Jokey Okey, along with my solo show on January 17th, Harmon Leon Infiltrates Trump America. Check out sfsketchfest.com for times and dates. Also, be sure to comment and subscribe on iTunes. How hard can it be? It helps us out. You want to help us out, right? And without further ado, let's jump into... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so Comedy History 101. So, welcome once again to another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. I, of course, yes, Harmon Leon. Uh, with me, of course, yes, Scott Kalanico. Scott, how are you? Scott Kalanico is here, so ready to talk last episode, about. we talked about the origins of second city tv sctv let's dive right back in and talk about some of the nuts and bolts behind the legendary comedy show <laughs> <laughs> yeah they because they did they have um they would do i saw the bumpers and so what they would do would be because they'd show it right after saturday night live and so they would have the nbc bumper the sctv would start out the show with the sc with the nbc bumper that would eventually it would get pushed off the screen by the sctv bumper so it'd be it'd give you that illusion of you're now watching a different network and an interesting thing is, like, they would film sketches, and if the sketches didn't go that well, um, they would always have, the, like, these little promos for shows in between, uh, you know, um, sketches. Right. You know, like, coming next week, yeah. and it would <laughs> just be, like, a, about a minute promo. But basically, for the most part, those were sketches that just didn't work. And so they would just be cut down to like a minute and used as like kind of like the Terry Gilliam animation, mm-hmm. you know, kind of link in between the sketches. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I think like one that didn't work was like uh, a thing called Melvin and Howard's. Yeah. Melvin Dumar is the driver. Howard Hughes is the passenger. It's Melvin and Howard Thursday at nine on SCTV. Oh, I don't feel so good. Which was like, you know, so they just cut it down to a promo. So it was basically a, a spoof on the movie Melvin and Howard. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in the SCTV one, it was like Melvin and Howard's, and the Howard's were like the three Stooges. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they would just cause, yeah because you get away with it. It doesn't you don't have to have an ending. There's just nothing there. It just like starts and stops and that's it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like the equivalent of when what they would do on like a Second City stage when you have a blackout in between scenes they would throw in these like promos as the blackout you know to you know it, it would just keep things rolling yeah i think and then also around this period is when the nbc they were kind of pushing them to have musical guests and stuff 
Yeah. And, and the, the SCTV guys would fight that or just, you know, resist it a little bit by saying, well, if there's a musical guest, we have to have to give them a reason to be here. Like they, they would like have a job on the show. And mm-hmm. so like one of the ones I remember was um, they had the tubes on uh, at the time. You know, She's a Beauty was pretty big, so early 80s and the tubes were on, but they weren't they weren't just singing. They were uh, a guest on the uh, the fishing musician. They wound up being guests on that show. From all over the world, musicians come to Gil Fisher's Scuttlebutt Lodge to be on the Fishing Musician. I know. I think it was. It was. I think it was the episode called "Bouncing Back to You" when it was Lola Heatherton. Yes. <laughs> and she was like a. I don't know they do a lot of like smarmy Vegas type characters mm-hmm. on SCTV, yeah. and so she was making her big primetime comeback variety special. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the SCTV studios, bouncing back to you, it's Lola Heatherton. Like Guy Cabarrot, like, says, yank her off, get her off there. And then, uh, so they pull her off stage, and she was quickly replaced by the tubes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go, there's our musical guests. Yeah, so when we talk about, like, some of our favorite uh, bits, that's always fun yeah okay no well of course uh, that's, well that's kind of the thing dude we're just we're riffing we're, we're all riffing yeah. here yeah well of course yeah. you know i gotta i gotta go my you know of course one of my picks would be the bob and doug okay good day welcome to great white north i'm bob mckenzie this is my brother doug how's it going eh? and whoa yeah, did you hear about what well you can tell okay you hear about the guy who like uh was over the beer eh, and like went to drink and then did the stupid thing of looking in the bottle and whoa there's a mouse in his bottle, eh? Real, real, real mouse. Well, I guess it, it was dead, right? Drowned from yeah. beer. And drunk, too. Drowned, like it died, happy, it died too. It had a smile on its face, eh? Bob and Doug saw the movie in the theater. I still, I still think Strange funny. Brew. Strange Brew. I think if you still go back and you watch these, they're still funny because they actually, you come off where you actually, you can actually believe they're real life brothers. I think that that's <laughs> kind of the thing. Because if you watch them, they do seem like it's that, it's that kind of playoff. Uh, each other, and then I think yeah. what's, what's interesting to me is like in the tradition of of the comedy duo, the straight man mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like even when you have kind of like these couple dim witted guys, there's always one who's like kind of the smart guy. Yeah, you know, like in this case, Bob, he's kind of like the smarter dude. It's kind of like yeah. you know, even in Cheech and Chong, you still got you know Cheech is kind of the smart guy. You know, there's always they keep right. it, keeping up that tradition of uh, the one the one smart guy. And Bob and Doug, and I think it's I think it's still funny. I think it still holds up because it's just that kind of juvenile humor. That, yeah, that yeah. Kinda, explain that explain the premise if like people haven't seen it. Well, the premise is that these two guys, Bob and Doug McKenzie, have their own TV show. It's kind of like a I guess you could see where uh, almost like a Wayne's World. That's exactly thing, what I was going to say. Like a new one. It's yeah. like this is kind of Wayne's World. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going right. to say. So our topic today is how to stuff a mouse into a beer bottle without uh, without breaking it. The it's, bottle. It's bones. Right. So that they'll look at it and give you a case and not think you hose them by uh, by deliberately stuffing one in. Eh? It's like shipbuilding in a bottle. Okay. Right. I don't like it. It's the same premise of Wayne's World. But these guys, the uh, on SCTV, they're having a little bit of fun with the Canadian um, TV board in that uh, SCTV was told or Canadian programs were told that they had to have a certain amount of Canadian 
themed programming on their shows, and so this mm-hmm. is their this is like their kind of thumb, but you know, up the nose to the, the Canadian powers that be, where they go, okay, we're gonna make the most Canadian show you've ever seen, <laughs> which has resulted in this you know, the two, most successful yeah. <laughs> uh, thing that ever came out of SDTV. Yeah, two guys wearing <laughs> parkas and toques and and drinking Molson beer. You know, so yeah, that's about and this. eating donuts, yeah. <laughs> eating Tim Horton donuts, <laughs> and about the most Canadian thing you can see. And the uh, I think the movie holds up pretty well too. It's just it's the interaction between those two guys that's funny. Yeah, I saw the movie a while ago. I, I know it's, like, based on Hamlet. Yeah, it is uh, totally, yeah. Yep, it is. Castle Elsinore. Elsinore yeah. beer, yeah. Yeah. And Max von Sydow was in it. Really? Yeah, he's, he's, like, the main bad guy. As himself? He's kind of the main bad guy. No, he's just, he's, like, some evil dude. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it holds up. So that I would have to say that would be one of my favorite, one of my favorite sketches. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's hard, like... Like I was like binge watching like the last few days and there was like so many that you forgot about. Like uh <laughs> I think like like I like Sammy Modlin who, yeah. who's kind of like a like like uh he's like a smarmy Las Vegas uh mm-hmm. uh talk show host, which yeah. they actually got the idea um like in the early seventies Sammy Davis Jr. had a talk show on. <laughs> okay. And it, it was just like that where everyone's just sort of kissing each other's ass and uh uh, and his sidekick is William B. William, who's John Candy, yeah. who laughs kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> and they always have uh, Bobby Bittman on, Bobby who's Bittman. like this. How are you? Bittman is back on the Sammy Modlin Show. Yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's Eugene Levy, and then they had... Um, it was Mel's Rock Pile, which is like their version of the uh, speaking of Eugene Levy. That was Eugene Levy as the host, and it was mm-hmm. kind of it was kind of like a um, a midnight special kind of of a TV rock show that were popular back in the seventies. But he was just like a really really horrible host, and it was just it was Mel's Rock Pile. Hello again, and welcome to Mel's Rock Pile. I'm Rockin' Mel Slurp, and we're gonna have a lot of fun on the Rock Pile this week. We're gonna be doing a little music and doing a little talking to some of the kids on the dance floor here. So, do you see? Do you see the Bobby Bittman episode where um, he brings out his brother Skip? Uh, a little bit. Tell me more about it, Harmon. <laughs> uh, Skip's an aspiring stand-up comedian, <laughs> and he's just like, um, "Hey, I, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, please." Please welcome the the president of the United States, John Wayne. Now listen and listen good. <laughs> I'm the president. Okay, I'm going to go over and talk to Secretary of State Jimmy Cagney. I'm going to walk over. John Wayne walking over. President John Wayne. Okay, Secretary of State. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls then he's like they go to panel and like uh skip calls Bobby Herschel, like his real, and they start arguing in Yiddish. Herschel? It's they not, didn't know that his name was Herschel. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they didn't know his name was Herschel. They don't oh, care. What, what, My uh, parents still call me Tzvi and name Herschel. You know, in Philadelphia, when they put on the Maudlin show, they say, well, put it on and watch Sammy Maudlin, William B. and Herschel Slansky. That's what they call it. Yeah, I mean they 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 would they they had the ability to do uh, 
you know, these crazy, like, they could stretch gags on for a while. I think, because we both kind of had this down here. What, this looks, I really remember this too at the time. It was like when the um, SCTV feed got jammed by the Russians. Good day, people. This is Today is Moscow. I am Valery Kometsky. And I am Ivan Mihailov. Show today is crowded, so we must move quick. First, we say welcome to new viewers in Mellonville and Tri-City area. So they started showing showing all these programs. It was just like bad Russian, but it was just like those horrible Russian game shows. And then you have written, we have both written down here in our notes, uh, what fits into Russia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was just uh, Dave Thomas standing in front of a big map of Russia, putting on a bad Russian accent and slapping countries, <laughs> slapping countries yeah. onto the map going, look how they disappear in the vastness of the Ukraine. Hello, people. Yeah. Welcome to What Fits Into Russia. Yesterday, the last country we put in place was Angola. And look, ha, with these other countries, not even half feeling Mother Russia because of its enormous size. And look at rest of the world. <laughs> He's almost gone. But I love it when they go to like there's a TV show and they go, oh, let's let's show them the new mini cams. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was the, that was one where um, it was uh, Yorgi in the tractor where John Candy had a talking tractor. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what? And the, John Candy also played the Happy Kozak. Yeah, that was. Oh, was that Yorgi? Yeah, it was Yorgi the kid the talking tractor. Hey, Yorgi. He's coming to your town, hey, Jorge. He never wears a frown, hey, Jorge. He's as happy as can be, cause all of Russia is Jorge's family. Hey, Jorge! Yeah. But I think, I think my favorite, I don't know, there's so many favorites, but uh, is uh, Count Floyd. <gasps> Count Floyd here. <laughs> Saturday night, kids. Time for another monster chiller horror theater. Oh! Woo! Woo! <laughs> Count Floyd's good, and I think what made for me what made because the Count Floyd character like like, like here, um, um, like Joe Flaherty is such a like. I think he was so underrated on that show. Oh yeah, or maybe was... not, or just rated to be at the right amount. Well, he was he was such a straight. He was kind of like the, I would yeah. almost say he's like the Graham Chapman. Yeah, yeah, he's such a straight guy, and most of the and most of the you could tell he had a little fun playing uh, Guy Caballero, where he could like get mad at people. But he was such a straight guy, kind of. And the Count Floyd, I think what for me what made the Count Floyd even better. I mean, yeah, obviously the character Count Floyd was pretty funny, but then mm -hmm. they would just use that as an excuse that link all these bad movies to it. You know, then they yeah. would have like the uh, probably the most classic one would be the Whispers of the Wolf. Where he, he thinks he's he's going to show this movie about a werewolf, and the movie's called Whispers of the Wolf, and it turns out to be like <laughs> this Igmar Bergman like Swedish film. Oh, it takes place in some place in Europe somewhere. Count Floyd hasn't seen the movie, so I'll be watching it along with you. So stay tuned now. You're gonna be scared right out of your pants, or dresses, or whatever you wear. <laughs> Let's take a look at the film. Yeah, yep. it's just like really like like the one of the most depressing things you could ever see, and they would just keep showing clips of it, and they would do the typical movie thing where they'd come back to Camp Floyd, and he would he would try to keep it make it sound scary. Oh, wasn't that scary? Oh, I got scared, kids. 
Oh. All right, it wasn't scary. The movie wasn't scary. Ingmar Bergman, who booked Bergman? Who booked that film? Prickly. Mrs. Prickly did, huh? Great. Woo! And he should yeah, yeah, the, he set it up with, uh, you know, I, I know we've been getting a lot of letters from the kids saying the show just isn't scary. <laughs> The uh, the wolf whispers of the wolf. <laughs> and then he'd he'd get mad at people off screen. That was always good. So Joe Flaherty was really good at getting mad at people. Yeah. So basically, that they were just parroting Ingman uh, 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 Berwin's uh, personas. Right. Yeah. Totally. And it was and and they were even like talking like fake Swedish and they had subtitles on it and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But then there's the whole series of, uh, of the 3D movies, mm, yeah, like Doctor Tong, <laughs> and the, the um, Midnight Cowboy in 3D was always always my favorite. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they had, they had the whole series like uh, Doctor Tong's uh, 3D House of Pancakes. Right. Yeah. 3D House of Stewardesses, I think was one. Yeah, 3D House of Stewardesses. Yeah. So it's always like John Candy like putting something right to the camera yeah, in 3D was, with that, yeah. that 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 music. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> One, yeah. one, one, one bit that just was randomly. Do you see Benny Hill Street Blues? I just, just weird. I just, <laughs> was the one I just watched. Yeah. I just watched that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, governor. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would just do that look at the camera and just go. <laughs> the Benny Hill Street Blues, award-winning scenarios, unforgettable characterizations. So be sure to watch the show of which critic Rhoda Barrett said, "I nearly left me bleeding rump off." I mean, I think that's like their legacy. Is like they were so spot on with their parodies in in satire. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like you know. I mean, who else would do a a Bergman takeoff? You know, I mean. Oh, do, and and you know, and then they could do like everything from like The Godfather. Do you see The Godfather? Guy Cabarro's The Godfather, no, and uh... then. Floyd the Barber from the Andy Griffith okay, yeah. show. It's yeah. like, uh, I, he's like, don't worry, we'll break Opie's arms. <laughs> like, Opie, Opie came in for, for a haircut and, and didn't pay for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll go, we'll break Opie's arms. It's like, oh, no, no, I think he, you don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think what, because uh, even though he, he um, Rick Moranis uh, coming in at the end, but still the um, thing we both mentioned also the Gary Todd, uh, the Jerry Todd, Jerry Todd weather. Dude, Yo. how would you even explain him? He was like a, he called himself a video DJ, just yucky. Yeah. yeah, and so it would just be this guy sitting in front of a, a master control unit, just doing like the most cheesiest video switching you could yeah. ever think of. Yeah, I like that. Some beautiful video from Tom Monroe from his latest disc entitled "Tom Monroe on a New Wavelength," and that's a pretty thing called turning Japanese. And a good good morning to you. Welcome back to the Jerry Todd Show here in the wee small ones of a Saturday morning. We've got some fine video for you this morning as well as another incredible contest cash call and a lot, lot more. And when, when, so I only saw like one episode of that. Would he have like musical guests on each show? Or? No, he would just, it was just kind of like little short video clips of that. And probably the most, the most famous one or the people that most know the one is where he played a video with himself. Where he's singing the Vapors song, turning Japanese, 
which was oh. kind of kind of a semi hit in the in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But the way he's singing it, he's singing it like a Perry Como, like a really slow version, and he's just singing it instead of saying "turning Japanese," he's like he's singing "I'm turning Japanese." Turning Japanese, turning Japanese, I really think so. Oh, I also like the Schmangi Brothers, of course, the yeah. Polka Brothers, right, Polka John brothers. Candy and Eugene Levy. Yeah, which they, which and they. Sorry, go ahead. Now I was just gonna say that uh, you could, I guess we could use this as a segue into like the later ones because they they came mm-hmm. out at the when the SCTV moved to was it Cinemax? Yeah, they moved to Cinemax in the last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like one of the big things that came out of those those years. Who 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 and who left and who stayed? Um. Let's see. Well, I know who who came. Like in the last two seasons, that's where you get the powerhouse of Martin Short. Mm-hmm. So he came in in the last two uh, okay. uh, years of uh, of the show, yeah. and then of course he brought everything from uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Ed Grimley. Yeah, Ed Grimley. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and do you see the one? Whatever happened to Baby Ed? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. This is the, the classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told Mister Demille to hold that shot longer, you know. Ed Grimley is riveting. Jerry Gladman, Melonville Free Press. Still a pretty good picture, I must say. Still watching that garbage? Boris Burgess' performance in Baby Ed is Oscar bait. George Anthony, Melville Sun. See, you know what's it, it's interesting is you can because you can watch those where like yeah. in SCTV where Ed Grimley's kind of developed as this like actual because he had a job at the station. He did something at the station and like the oh, yeah? he, he was like an actual character. You know, guy mm-hmm. who had all these different, you know, facets to him, and he was—it was funny, but like he was like more than that. Whereas when you look, when you when when Short went to moves to uh, SNL, you know, cause yeah. I guess it's just a, a different format. He's just got to play up more for for laughs, you know. But it, it mm-hmm. was it was a, it was interesting to see you know, those two comparisons. You can kind of see the different styles of, of comedy there, or what what you had to do before a live audience, and what you can get away with on on. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just have to be bigger in front of yeah. a live audience. Where I mean that like that just goes back to that they weren't playing for you know they were just holding they weren't holding for the laughs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it it was just more ensemble, uh, you know, acting that that went on. I think my favorite Martin Short guy was like, um, and it's timely now. Uh, uh, he's he plays the oil company executive. Oh yeah, the, yeah. He's on sixty minutes. Right. Yeah. Did you know that since nineteen eighty eight, we've had the nine hottest years on record? I know that. You don't think I know that? I I, I represent the oil companies. I would be very aware of that. Yeah, but that was in, but that was the one on Saturday Night Live. But he'd done that character, um, Na- uh, Thurman, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, he'd done that character on SCTV. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Smarmy so he, dude, he yeah. essentially brought like all his big characters over yeah. to Saturday Night Live, like. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, anyways, in 1982, uh, they won the they won the Emmy for outstanding writing in a variety program. Okay, excellent. And for, there... for a sketch called Moral Majority. Did you ever see that sketch? I no. think it's like Merv Griffin is in The Sheriff of Mayberry, maybe. Okay. And then I think all these right-wing conservative groups uh, were about to pull, like, the advertising on uh, uh, SCTV. So oh, it okay. had, like, sort of a political edge to it. Okay, yeah. But the funny part is when they got their Emmy, uh, they were introduced by uh, Milton Berle. 
Oh, yeah. Who was just kind of rolling their eyes at them. <laughs> and uh, 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 Joe Flaherty was making, you know, giving the acceptance speech, and he was like, and Milton Berle was heckling him. Oh, <laughs> and Joe Flaherty turns to him and goes, uh, Uncle Milty, go back to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which started a feud between oh. them. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe that we got something up here bigger than the cast of uh, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've done on our show. (laughs) All right. I'd like to thank. Sorry, Uncle Milty. (laughs) Go to sleep. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, it was, like, really weird. Like, during, um, like, the series, like, they would also have, like, special guests, like, do sketches with them. So there's actually one episode where where Bill Murray uh, did a sketch with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember remember that one. Uh, Who else is on there? Yeah, yeah, so Bill Murray plays yeah. Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> it, it's like Joe DiMaggio opens a restaurant on San Francisco's Wharf <laughs> where uh, if, if, if a customer can strike him out, uh, they get a free meal. <laughs> so he's standing in his restaurant with this huge baseball bat. So the, like they have like old ladies come up and like try to strike him out, and he just always just like <laughs> slams the ball into their face. All right, you lose. Make sure she pays, Tom. Who's next, Brenny? I am Joe. You may have a free meal coming, lady. I feel like I pulled a muscle on my shoulder. Why, <coughs> right, you lose. Make sure she pays, Dom. She has a scampi. The what, Joe? Scampi! Scampi! Okay, who's next? And Robin Williams was on a few episodes mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, all right, good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I guess to wrap up, uh, what do you think uh, uh, Second City's place in history is? Do, do I have a rating them on one to ten or? No, just this. Out, what, what do you think Second City's outstanding influence on history is? Uh, I think they just kind of like the, the the parody type things that they were doing were was always really big, and the way they created that that world. Like I think we we mentioned this in that in our, our earlier episode mm-hmm. available on rtcksafe.com. Uh, on the Rutland Weekend Television one, where I think <clears throat> I mentioned this back then. I remember. I, th- I just think because I thought SCTV did a way better job of actually creating that that world of this is a world of the small town TV station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I think it's like influences when you know. I guess you can look at like some of the 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 movies that the SCTV people went into or TV projects that they went into as well. That, that had that flavor, such as, you know, the, the best of show and Mighty Win uh, movies, which all were kind of like parodies of, uh, you know, a certain niche or subculture, like Mighty Win was a parody of uh, the folk music culture and best of show was, you know, a parody of, you know, dog shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara in those movies. Uh, so, you know, that those set of movies uh, were kind of direct influences. But then you, I guess you can also look at, uh, you know, sketch shows to follow like The State or or Kids in the Hall or Tim and Eric's Awesome Show or even like Eric Andre, which is like kind of like a parody of a talk show or even like Larry Sanders, you mm-hmm. know, and and even Matt Groening uh, uh, credits uh, Second City for being the inspiration uh, for Springfield with what they did with, uh, you know, the town of Mellonville, right. you know, kind of creating this like universe that operates on its own rules within itself. Yeah. I mean, they even had, you know, like, yeah, cause uh, go, go back to the Mellonville thing. They even had a mayor that was a uh, John Candy is the mayor of Mellonville who would give his like fireside chats 
with his oh god i just remember that yeah yeah, yeah, fake dog yeah so it was to me that was just they they created that and they were able to kind of get away with like you said those blackouts those really short things that might not go go anywhere else that you couldn't really do in a live show it was just cool to be able to see people doing that yeah 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 i mean i think it's like the shows that have that 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 continuous that, that are essentially sketch shows but have that like continuous flow and thread that weaves through the whole show and the behind the scenes, you know, second city was like, you know, the first to do that, to create that like universe within it. Plus yeah. it's just like really fucking funny. Yeah. I mean, it's still and, funny. And it, yeah. It, yeah. Sorry. It, it's not really dated. I was just like binge watching, you know, the last couple of days and it's just like, it's just good laughs. Yeah, one of the one of the, like, I watched like one, even their first episode. I was, I was when we were both doing research. I watched the some of the first season from 1976, and they mm-hmm. had that um, their their uh, Jeopardy parody where it was half wits. Did you? Oh, see half wits is amazing. Which is basically more or less <laughs> it's kind of the the celebrity Jeopardy thing that Saturday Night Live doing. Three articles of clothing found in a bedroom. Lawrence Orbach. Chest of drawers, Alex. (laughs) Listen to the question, people. I'm looking for articles of clothing. That answer was incorrect. Blanche Ray. A parka? Completely complete with the the pissed off Alec Trebek. You know, it's it's you're like seriously. Yeah. Oh, if somebody if somebody could sue, it's basically <laughs> go back and watch one of them. Yeah. Drop or drop drop a clip in there, man. It's just like whoa. <laughs> it is it is who reads. It's about books. It's it's not whore ads. But uh Halfwits is so funny. I think yeah. that's one of my favorite sketches. Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's uh, uh, Eugene Levy's playing uh, Alex Trebek, and and it's like okay, uh, we're 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 back again. It's uh, for the sixth week, and and all the contestants are at a tie, still at zero. Yeah. But it's like it's so funny. Like Alex Trebek or Eugene Levy as Alex Trebek, he's he 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 hasn't like said more than three words of the question mm-hmm. and Catherine O'Hara would buzz in. But do we decimal system? Yeah. No, that was, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I watched. Yeah. Yeah. But you, yeah, yeah I can't believe you even watched the Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Cause you watched one of the Saturday Night Live and ones and you're like, Oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> dude. You, you steal from one source plagiarism. You steal from many yeah. originality. Yeah. But they weren't doing a Sean Spicer on uh, SCTV. No, no, they weren't. No, they that's weren't. their big thing. Yeah. That's... <laughs> here comes Trump again. Yeah, oh, no. So, anyways, uh, I think it's just time to plug away. Where where can they find everything? Well, they're gonna be able to find everything. All episodes of our Harmon's and I's brand new spanking podcast, Comedy History One Hundred and One. You can find it on iTunes, <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah, okay. You can check out all our past episodes, and I'm sure we got a lot of information wrong. So be sure to comment. Rate us on the iTunes store, subscribe to our podcast, and also donate to the podcast. If you can, we have a little button you can donate. This is our bucket speech. Throw in a a dollar or two for the price of a cup of coffee if you can. So anyways, thanks a lot for listening. This has been Comedy History 101. And we're out. Okay, all right. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid.
Comedy History 101.